It's Pride Month. I don't care if you're not listening to this in June, because every month around there, Daniel.com is Pride Month. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Dare Daniel Podcast, a very special episode of the Dare Daniel Podcast, celebrating you, our listening audience, and your wonderful dares. With me, as always, is my man, film critic, Daniel Barnes. Hello and welcome. Come in. Sit down. Take off your shoes, do it. It won't be weird. Unbuckle the pants. <laughs> get real. It's time to get real. Now, we're doing kind of a fun little informal show here today on the show. That's why we don't have our usual blah, blah, blah scripted I didn't even say my intro. name. You didn't even say your name. Who the hell are you? I'm Corky McDonald, local comedian. He's Corky McDonald. He's Russian a local tea cookie eater. performer. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's a supporter of the Russian <laughs> tea cookies. Yeah. So, in this show, instead of reviewing a single movie, we're actually going to read a whole buttload of our listener dares. So, we used to have our mini episodes. Yeah. And those were sort of between the episodes. And in those episodes, we would read a few of the dares, and then eventually we would accept the dares and review those in the episodes. We stopped doing those a few months back. So, we got a whole lot of dares building up. So, we're going to do them all in this one gigantic dare only episode of dare daniel so is it a maxi mini episode is it a mini maxi is it a minxy it's good clean fun sure end of the day that's yeah. all you real that's the takeaway here you only took off your Put shoes that in your pocket and you take didn't it home take anything you. else <laughs> off <laughs> it's good clean wholesome family you have fun. any pockets left on your body you put that in your pocket and you take that home with you that's your that's your goodie bag for Open the, the pocket put it in take it home it puts it in the pocket <laughs> what you do with it at home that's up to you it's your business we're just giving it to you take it we also on this episode we're going to do our 2019 in inaugural hall of fame inductee ceremony hall of fame what do you have to do to get into the hall of fame Ooh, we'll well, go no peds no ps you, no, no performance enhancing drugs no right? gambling on what movies are gonna get <laughs> dared you can't do that what is what are the qualifications for getting in the in the dare daniel dare hall of fame you have to be a 35 year old male landowner <laughs> <laughs> oh am i mixing that up with something else <laughs> You have to be a fantastic listener, engager, supporter, and someone who has dared us things, and we've reviewed them on the show, and they've been great. Ended up being great episodes. You almost—I mean—that's almost exactly the criteria right there. Whammo. We've identified four individuals that we're going to induct into our hall of fame. Four individuals. Four individuals. Wow. What an what an amazing honor. I know, right? Do we have a plaque or something? Th- we have a plaque for them to put in their pocket <laughs> and <laughs> take a home. a little bit of plaque that we pulled off our gums. <laughs> yeah, gross. <laughs> so we have a ton of dares. First dare comes from I don't I don't know who the Hall of Fame list is, but this guy, if he didn't make it this year, he's got to be on the short list for next year. It's my boy. It's my boy, David Paul. DP! DP coming back at us. I don't think we've reviewed a DP dare yet. I was looking at that. We have not done Maybe a DP dare. Maybe this is the one. What do you got for us, David Paul? David Paul has Star Trek Insurrection. Mm. Insurrection. Sequel to Star Trek Surrection. <laughs> what is Star Trek Insurrection? Have you seen it, Quirky? I have not. 1998, this is TNG Star Trek era, the third of the four TNG Star Trek films, directed by Jonathan Frakes, a.k.a. Riker. IMDb synopsis says, when the crew of the Enterprise learn of a Federation conspiracy against the inhabitants of a unique planet, Captain Picard begins an open rebellion. That's the insurrection of the title. Why did David Paul, a known Star Trek fan. Okay. I know it. I did not know that about him. It's widely known. Now we all know that about widely him. Widely known. And now it's even wi- widelier known. It's out. It's out there now. Sorry, David Paul. Sorry. Why did David Paul dare us to watch a Star Trek movie of all things? He says most Star Trek movies are bad. Every TNG movie is terrible and Insurrection is the worst of the lot. Basically, it's fanfic made by Jonathan Frakes who is the greatest Riker that could possibly be, but is a very bad filmmaker. This movie is like a two-hour episode from season one of TNG with all the awful CGI and effects that implies 
enjoy. So that is David Paul, Star Trek Insurrection. Do you like the Star Trek movies? I've seen the one with the whales. Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. That's the one. And I've seen the one uh, with uh, the, the reboot of the franchise from J.J. Abrams. Okay, the new Star Trek, which yeah, is just called Star Trek. Those are the Star two Trek. I've seen. I That's like, it? Really? I like, You've yeah. never even seen, like, Wrath of Khan? Star Trek has never in- intrigued me. Never intrigued you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen most of the movies. I've never actually seen hardly any of the television shows, and that strange. Hmm, that is strange. Got it all backwards. Our next air comes to us from a listener who, I will say it right now, did not make the cut for the 2019 Hall of Fame, but he was so close. You know, it's all politics, this it thing, It is though, politics. Right? It's like, it's glad-handing, it's who you know, he's coming out, he's making speeches against uh, Gotti, things like that. I mean, he's really playing, <laughs> <laughs> playing to the election committee. So this is from Dare Matthew Doherty, and we will say that he was Dare of such fantastic episodes. Probably my favorite episode, Rawhead Rex. Uh, and fantastic chi- and China salesman. He dares well, us. Underrated episode. I will say. Rawhead Rex. Yes. I think that's our most underrated episode. Uh, thank you. No, you're welcome. <laughs> we are great. <laughs> His dare is the Monster Squad. Monster Squad. Yes. Everyone our age has seen the Monster Squad. Everybody. 15 times minimum. Ab- absolutely, yeah. I will say I saw it 14 times as a kid, and 15th time was last year. <laughs> it was on Netflix. <laughs> something you should never do. Watch not, that. does not hold up. <laughs> it's a 1987 cable TV staple during our youth, directed by Fred Decker, co-written by Shane Black. Most notable stars are Dracula, Frankenstein, Wolfman, Mummy, Creature and from the Black, and the Creature from the Black Lagoon. These are all universal monsters. The universal horror. Why did Matthew Dor- Darrett Matthew Darity? Why did he dare it to us? <laughs> he writes, he ponders, is it horror? Is it comedy? Is it satire? The only thing for sure is we will all finally get the answer to the age-old question, does Wolfman in fact have nards? Loved it as a kid. Time does not do this movie justice. Time does this movie the most justice it can possibly treats this movie very fairly dumb 10 year olds that's why we like the movie like a piece of gum in a baseball card pack crusty and stale the imdb synopsis a young group of monster fanatics attempt to save their hometown from count dracula and his monsters so i believe we we kind of stated our our thoughts on this one right yeah i i watched it fairly recently as well and beyond the nostalgia of it it's it's, I mean, it's wildly uneven. It's, yes. it's very misogynist and it's, there's the weird thing with the Holocaust. Yep. The, the neighbor has, he was a. Who are the real monsters, Daniel? <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I, Dracula is. <laughs> That's kind of, the tone shift in that is pretty weird. It's so all over the place. So yeah, it's not a very good movie, but it's uh, you know it's entertaining. And I it's got own. all excited to show my girlfriend that movie, and then oh, afterwards no. I'm just like, I'm sorry, babe. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> this was before we got together. I was looking through it at it through ten year old <laughs> eyes. Yeah, right. <laughs> so thank you, Matthew Doherty, for that dare of the Monster Squad. Next dare comes from Gav. This is Gav of the Films on Trial podcast. We've talked about it before. They're kids. They're from Liverpool. They're talking about movies. They're putting them on trial. They're executing people. Yes. It, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's, it's a it's, lot of fun. It's a treat. It's a star chamber. They talk about movies. <laughs> they're, they're above the law. It's just, it's good, good fun for the whole family. Sure, sure. What do you got for us today, Gav? Speaking of fun for the whole family, he has Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas, directed and co written by Darren Doan. Also features Doan, who is a music video veteran. He directed videos for Blink-182, Jason Mraz, Kid Rock, Deftones. And the film features Kirk Cameron out there saving Christmas for the whole family, his entire family. IMDb synopsis says, his annual Christmas party faltering thanks to his cynical brother-in-law, former Growing Pain star Kirk Cameron, attempts to save the day by showing him that Jesus Christ remains a crucial component of the over-commercialized holiday. Yeah, Kirk Cameron plays himself, saving Christmas. Does everybody play themselves? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. Now, I I mean, this sounds great. So why is Gav daring us to watch what is clearly a fantastic film? He says, hi, guys. Hey, Gav. Hey, Gav. 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 (laughs) That's what you call a running bit. That's a Hall of Fame bit right (laughs) there, folks. First Hall of Fame inductee. (laughs) That bit. 
He says, hi, guys, listening to you heathens hilariously bash that Bible bashing. Wow. Ooh. No, that that's written like <laughs> Piers Plowman. I mean, the alliterative poetry in that. <laughs> that's going 13th Ooh. century, Gav. I'm going to take a sip of water and reread the sentence. <clears throat> listening to you heathens hilariously bash that Bible bashing classic, God's Not Dead, I thought that you may want to review a real test of willpower in the form of the cinematic turd that is Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas. I want to get a ding sound for any time turd is mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) I stumbled upon it last year, and I still haven't fully recovered. I can only imagine this film has been created for the sole purpose to be used in some form of Ludovico technique aversion therapy. And although it may feel odd to watch a Christmas movie during the summer months, I guarantee that if you watch it in December, it will ruin your Christmas. (laughs) Apologies a thousand times. I hope we can still be friends after this. Good luck. Both, that is Gav from the Films on Trial podcast, daring us to watch Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas, which would, I, I, I guess, be the, on our end, the spiritual, if you will, successor to our God's Not Dead episode, which is uh, episode 38. 38. Episode 38. Yeah. Uh, Gav heard that episode. He enjoyed the episode. He liked what we did there with our religious discussion. Mm-hmm. And he wants a little more. He wants a little dip his pinkies <laughs> back into the bag of Jesus Christ Coke. Dip it in there. What's us to snort a big bump of Jesus. Basically. And discuss it for you guys. In other words. Yeah. yeah. And now we would like to begin our presentation of the Dare Daniel 2019 Hall of Fame inductee class. Ladies and gentlemen, loved ones, family and friends, assorted acquaintances. I can say without hyperbole, we are now in the midst of a media revolution unlike any in history. It's a little bit of hyperbole. Podcasts. (laughs) Podcasts are the hottest media sensation in decades, Mm. burning brightly like so much graphite-tipped rods in an RBMK reactor during an ill-advised safety test. Slight. It's a little hyperbole. The importance of podcasts as a means of mass communication are like if cave paintings married the printing press and Mm. gave birth to telegraph lines who then worked diligently in a lab creating radio and the lab had those cool pneumatic tube things. Yeah. And Gutenberg watched and he was jerking off. Yes. Making hieroglyphics with his cum. (laughs) They are that important to mass communication. However, I'm not here just to mix metaphors. I'm here because those who support and participate and keep this revolution alive must be remembered and honored. Viva la podcastery. Mm. As a middle-aged straight white male, I am genetically predisposed to believe I have the correct idea for how to handle every situation. Nine times out of ten, that solution involves a sports metaphor being applied. (laughs) This time is no different. And now, to remember and honor those who have gauged us over the past year, to give thanks and gratitude to those who gave praise and clicks, to have a permanent record that some of you out there listened to a dumb bad movie podcast in 2018... We proudly announce the inaugural members of the inaugural 2019 Dare Daniel Hall of Shame inaugural class. Inaugural. Our first inductee, Daniel. Let's hear it. This inductee basically created this award. Her dares of Fifty Shades of Grey, our most popular episode, Mm -hmm. became a trilogy, became a staple of what we pushed to the market. Sleepaway Camp. Sure. Our most well-received Scare Daniel mm-hmm, mm-hmm. podcast. And the upcoming Cool as Ice, mm-hmm. which, wait till you hear that one. Mm. Not only did she gave us our most popular dares, she gave us the gift of lines from Samurai Cop, which we can now pass down to future generations. <laughs> I'm willing to my kids, you stated you're going to put it into an estate or donate to charity. It will go to charity. Uh, I'm going to create a scholarship with uh, the lines from Samurai Cop. I believe you said that the Make-A-Wish Foundation (laughs) would not be so happy to receive that, which I thought was amazing that that was what would disappoint the people at the Make-A-Wish Foundation. I want to support the Samurai Cops of tomorrow. (laughs) Today. Today. (laughs) Yesterday. I'm speaking, of course, of Heather Smith. Heather Smith, everybody. Heather Smith. Wow. Huge, huge honor. What you want to do with this plaque, Heather, is up to you. If you want to will it to future generations, if mm. you want to proudly display it in a prominent place in your home, sure, it's up to you. But Heather Smith, um, and l- may I just say, yes, 
the um, the first ever inductee into our Hall of Shame is a woman. Wow. And is the word heroes applicable? I don't know. That's for you to decide, people. I've heard it tossed about. I just want to say me and Dan did the right thing with this. Yeah. Heather, you earned this. Go get him, Tiger. I'd love to see what you bring in 2020. <laughs> Congratulations, Heather. Congratulations. One more round of applause for Heather, everybody. Fantastic. Fantastic job. Our next air comes to us via Mark Linsenmayer. And Mark has an ambitious dare for us this time. Yep. The Porky's Trilogy. The Trilogy. The Hallowed Trilogy. Mm. I didn't know there was a trilogy. There's a trilogy, all right. Oh, there's a trilogy. We'll get into it. Yeah. The IMDb synopsis of the very first installment in this trilogy. In 1954, a group of Florida high school students try to help their buddy lose his virginity, which leads them to seeking revenge on a sleazy nightclub owner and his redneck sheriff brother for harassing them. Which is basically the plot of the other ones yeah. <laughs> as well. So that the original was 1981. Of course, written and directed by Bob Clark, who would go on to make A Christmas Story. <laughs> and you can hear us review the horrifying sequel in episode 29, A Christmas Story 2. And that movie stars a cast of unknowns plus Kim Cattrall. So why did Mark dare us this movie? He says... I enjoyed your treatment of 80s horror via sleepaway camp and wanted to hear you treat the 80s teen sex comedy genre. While you could just do the first film, which had some kind of auteur talking about his childhood aspect to it, or one of the notoriously terrible sequels, I'd recommend a Fifty Shades of Grey style treatment of all three movies no one I've spoken to has seen since like ninth grade. Yeah, then the sequel to Porky's, which was like a huge like out of nowhere hit. And it's, it's just basically a raunchy comedy uh, horny high school students. They want to see naked girls, and there's the redneck sheriff, and everybody's pulling pranks and trying to look at all the girls in the shower. Yeah, yeah. but probably the acting was a notch above trash cinema. Just barely, just barely, just barely. I mean, this is coming in 1981, so this is we're still in the prime of like drive-in cinema, yeah. drive-in exploitation. But you cinema. got heavyweights like Kim Cattrall and Alex Karras carrying the load here. <laughs> <That's> You're <laughs> in good hands. You're doing okay. The sequel, also directed by Bob Clark, not Cottrell. Porky's 2 the next day took place on the next day. That came out in 1983. Then Porky's Revenge, which was directed by James Comack, his lone film credit. That came out in 1985. Now, the main stars of the movie... <laughs> they didn't go nowhere. <laughs> they all stuck around. They stuck around for the long haul. They were haul. not very good at acting. <laughs> but they were part of this successful franchise. By the time they got to Porky's Revenge... Which is still set at high school. <laughs> they were all at least 30 years old at this time and looked it. 30 yeah. years old in the early 80s. Yeah. Which is like 50 today. That's Transylvania level casting <laughs> 35 year old college students. So thank you, Mark Linsenmeyer, for that there of the Porky's trilogy. So you've never seen any of the Porky's movie? Oh, I saw the first one. Saw the first one. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it too. I didn't. It's I pretty didn't, bad. Yeah, it's. it's uh, no, it's bad. I I didn't mind it. It's, it's trash. It's it is trash. It's like a raunchy comedy, is what it is. Yeah. But, oh man, it's not funny though. It's got the classic like car falling apart bit. Right. And right. Right. The, uh, that's where the shower spying in the shower through yep, the. Yep. What showers had holes just <laughs> drilled into them just for eyes, like all conveniently at the level for when you crouch down, you can look in. So our next dare comes to us from my friend Jesse. It's Jesse Davis. Jesse, if you will remember, actually dared us to watch Collateral Beauty. Oh. Which I believe is episode 12 or 13. Yeah. It's one of our really early ones. That was, yeah. I've re-listened to that recently. Pretty good episode. Solid. Yeah. Solid. What do you got for us, Jesse? Jesse has The Sweetest Thing. The Sweetest Thing. A film from 2002 stars Cameron Diaz. AKA Star of the Box, episode 39. We're pulling out all the stops here. Thomas Jane, Christina Applegate. It's some kind of gross out comedy. Director Roger Cumble, previously made Cruel Intentions before it's this be movie. A, so. That's got to be an alias. That's got to be an Alan J. Smithy thing. <laughs> Roger Cumble. Roger Cumble. Why does Jesse want us to watch The Sweetest Thing from 2002? He says it's Cameron Diaz, Christina Applegate, and Selma Blair circa the early 2000s playing hot single and independent roommates in the beautiful city of San Francisco. And it even has the great Jason Bateman in a minor role. It's got to be good, right? Right? I dare you to watch it and give me the answer to the question. 
which has been haunting me since I thought of it as a dare for your podcast. IMDb synopsis says, A girl finds she is forced to educate herself on the etiquette of wooing the opposite sex when she finally meets Mr. Right. So that is the sweetest thing. Do you remember that movie? Have you seen the movie? I'm just glad finally someone is making a movie about how hot, beautiful young women have it so hard trying to find available men. That's, I mean, really. They if, can't figure it out. They, they can't, can't crack the, how do you, how do you attract they're, men? They're these beautiful statuesque wallflowers. You know That's what I mean? Amazing. They just, ugh. Come on, uh, No, I, I think I remember seeing commercials for this. Yeah. Where Christina Applegate and. Cameron Diaz do a bunch of falling, and that, yeah. that's supposed to be the comedy. They Seems trip. like it's a big falling down yes. kind of movie. And a lot of just gross out comedy stuff in there as well. Yeah. But thank you very much, Jesse, for the dare, the sweetest thing. It's been haunting him for a very long time now, and uh, hopefully we can put this to rest. Next dare comes to us from a Hall of Famer. We got a Hall of Fame dare, what? baby. Hall of Famer, Heather Smith. She's Yay. not dumb. She's not done. We were just mentioning it. Cool as ice. Yeah. That's her dare. Cool as ice. From 1991, it stars Sir Rob Van Winkle, <laughs> a.k.a. Vanilla Ice. Also stars Michael Gross, a.k.a. Stephen Keaton from Family Ties. Directed by music video veteran David Kellogg. You'd never know, though. <laughs> Doesn't bring that aesthetic at all. IMDb synopsis, a rap-oriented remake of The Wild One. No. With heavy emphasis on the fact, no, that Vanilla Ice <laughs> has assumed the Marlon Brando role. No. Yet. Why did Heather Hall of Fame Heather dare us to watch Cool as I? She says, because you need to drop that zero and get with the hero. But this one might be too awful for any human consumption. The whole movie is a cringe fest. It's like trying to watch The Office's Michael Scott attempt to lead a diversity workshop. If you choose this movie, I cannot be legally held responsible. If you roll your eyes so hard in your head that they get stuck, you have been warned. That's mm. Hall of Fame Heather. Daring us to watch Cool as Ice. Yeah. Starring Vanilla Ice. And spoiler alert, we actually have reviewed it. Yes. And that will be coming out in two weeks. Is that right? When you when they hear this? Yeah. I, don't, I can't tell when they hear this. They may have heard this in 2020 <laughs> after we've all been raptured, taken above by the big G.O.D. Whatever. It's the next episode <laughs> after this. It's next. Cool as Ice. Next episode. Episode, I think, 43 or 4. 43. 43. I want to say, all right, I didn't bring this up during the episode, but I want to say this now. Let's hear it. The f most famous line from this movie that everybody accredits to Villa Vanilla Ice, you need to drop that zero and get with the hero. Yeah. As a Dougie Fresh line, he made a whole song, drop that hero or zero, get with this hero, just say yes, I don't want to hear no no's. A little uh, misogynist and forward, but that was 1988. <laughs> it's a different time. He stole the line and gets famous on it. Pretty indicative of Vanilla Ice's whole career. That's what he does. Yes. Stands on the shoulder of giants, man. Black artist is a Marlon Brando. So, Corgi, since we just read a dare from our first Hall of Fame inductee, that's yes. Heather D. Smith. Thank you, Heather. You want to read the name of our second <clears throat> inductee, our second 29 <sighs> inductee. This is the inaugural class. Everybody don your mustard-colored jackets. Mm. This... Second inaugural inductee to the inaugural 2019 in class of inaugural Dare Daniel Podcast Hall of Shame inaugural members. From the very beginning was giving us quality dares. Whether it was Can't Stop the Music, Exorcist 2, a very underrated episode, Heartbeeps, an abysmal watch, which I, I swore that this person became my mortal enemy because mm. of the torture I went through. Or... The Business Insider's list of movies with the highest audience rating to lowest critic rating that gave us perhaps my favorite episode, Transylvania. This man is a bon vivant. He's a raconteur. Mm -hmm. Absolute gadfly. Beer legend. <laughs> Sacramento absolute unit. I don't even know what that phrase means. <laughs> Let's give it up. For our second inductee, Dan Scott. Dan Scott, ladies and gentlemen. Dan Scott. Dan Scott. Yes. Friend of the podcast, Dan Friend Scott. Friend of the podcast, Dan Scott. Congratulations, Dan Scott. You are honored. You have a plaque. You have a jacket. You're welcome to speak at any future inductee ceremonies. And keep the dares coming because you give us good shit. Yeah. And uh, traffic laws no longer apply to you. <laughs> right. So that's a condition of this. For one year. It's a little bonus. It's just one year. Yeah. So let's get back to the dares. Corky, you yes. got our next dare. It's from... Kind of a big guy. We kind were of a actually big guy. just talking about yeah. how he was totally not dead. 
<laughs> I mean, that was the. It's from the God. This one's from God. God's Whether he's dead or not, he's emailing. Exactly. He uses Gmail. He's on the <laughs> Whether he knows how to fill out an online form, he's and God. Is it he? Who knows? We're not going to make that decision right now. It's he. God's dear. If he's alive, it's a he. I just said he. Is left behind, colon, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but which version? Oh. Because the- there's multiple versions. Thank you, God, for clarifying. <laughs> God wants the 2000 version. God I using command the, you to watch the 2000 version. I like that he's also using the Roman calendar for this. The 2000 <laughs> version with Kirk Cameron, not the 2014 version with Nick Cage. Kirk Cameron's getting a lot of love on this show. He is, right? <laughs> it stars Kirk Cameron based on bestseller about the rapture written by Jerry B. Jenkins and Tim LaHaye, directed by Vic Sarin, who makes almost exclusively TV movies. God says to us, hey, guys. Hey, God. The Alpha and Omega here. And as an om- <laughs> God is one of those self-nicknamers, huh? As an omnipotent being, there is very little re- I regret doing. I mean, YOLO, right? Well, I am an internal being of light and love, but for the rest of you, YOLO. Anyway, of the few things I regret allowing to happen, uh, Pol Pot, Hitler, and Ribbon Candy are on that list. <laughs> God's just doing his material <laughs> now. God's doing bits. <laughs> Listen, I'm God. I'm going to do a type five. All right? Come into the comedy store. I'm going to do my type five. I'm going to work out some new material. Imagine trying to hear God and try to give him notes. Be like, mmm. Pull pot. The candy bit. No, ah, now that's funny to us down here. No. That's a little musty. <laughs> I deeply regret not stepping in when this movie went into production after reading the book this movie was based on. And hearing Kirk Cameron was going to act in it, I should have got the rapture going right then and there. God's like one of those uh, one-trick ponies like that's his one bit i'll end this shit i can rapture you (laughs) yeah anytime i feel like it this movie has terrible cgi bad acting and it completely sullies my name why the hell would i rapture people huh i need you people on earth praying to me the imdb synopsis almost as powerful as god the biblical prophecy of armageddon begins when the rapture instantly takes all believers in christ from the earth a reporter left it behind learns that the antichrist will soon take power and that is God. Thank you, God, for your Thank dare. You. God Thank daring you. us to watch the 2000 version of Left Behind, the movie starring Kirk Cameron. We're watching something by Kirk Cameron soon. Yeah, that's, it, that's I the think takeaway it, here. Next me. dare comes to us from Erica Schultz. Hi, Erica. Who's Erica Schultz? Do you know Erica Schultz? I do not know Erica. Who are you, Erica Schultz? What's your deal? And what's your? Oh, it's right here. Love We're, on a leash. She wants us to watch Love on a Leash. Are you a big fan? A Love on a Leash fan? I have never heard of Love on a Leash. Never heard of Love on a Leash, even though this 2011 film was written <laughs> and directed by Fen Tian mm-hmm. and stars Gloria Winship Aeon and Sean Aeon. Well, now that you say <laughs> you it, never it's heard that it, Love on a really? Leash. That Love on a Leash, exactly. Why does Erica Schultz want us to watch Love on a Leash, this movie we have never heard of? She says, this movie is a triumph of ineptitude. There is no score or soundtrack, so I thought my TV was messed up at the beginning of the movie. Nothing makes sense. Characters are color-coded, and everything is just hilariously bad. It's a train wreck from which you can't look away. As a side note, should you choose to cover this movie, the audience scores on sites such as Rotten Tomatoes, Amazon, and Letterboxd are completely skewed positive because a YouTuber, Ralph the Movie Maker, told all his subscribers to rate it 5 stars or 10 of 10 or whatever, and indeed... The audience score of Love on a Leash is like 100% or something like that. Is that right? On Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. IMDb synopsis. Love takes a furry twist. In this slice of romantic comedy, a young woman falls for a stray dog with a secret. By night, it becomes a man. Wait, she fell for the dog and the secret was that it became a man? (laughs) That should be like the other way around, right? (laughs) You should fall for the dog first. What kind of movie are we watching? What the fuck is this? Follow the journey of the golden retriever and the friend who gives him a home. I mean, are they friends? Is it love? Is it a furry? Are they furries? It's such a furry twist, so is he just a furry? Yeah. Confusing, but tantalizing. Yes, and also uh, the dare... Hints at a little peril of our modern time. These influencers, these popular YouTubers. Yeah, you have power. Yeah. But this is the kind of shit you're using it for. Yes. You're getting more stuff like this made because people are going to look your at power wisely. the 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, people want to <laughs> love on a leash too. Back to the leash. Too leash, too furry. Just testing his power. Just mad with power. Mm. Next dare comes to us. 
I see Dan has given me all the hard names. Uh, for, for, Mark. <laughs> forgive me. <laughs> Mark. Pretty More easy. biblical stuff. <laughs> forgive me if I get this last name wrong. Mark Krowitzik. That's got to be wrong. Definitely. His dare is Skullduggery, the 1983 version, as opposed to the <laughs> very famous 1964 version. <laughs> it's from 1983, written and directed by Oda Richter. There actually was, as I was doing research, there is a Burt Reynolds movie from like 1970 called Skullduggery, okay. which is like some cheap-ass movie where they find like a missing link. They go into the jungle and find a missing link people, and they're all kind of done up as like... Uh, Sid and Marty Croft almost sort Let of me like. guess, on the on the cover Burt Reynolds is in Explorer outfit, but the shirt is open to his, his belly button. <laughs> a woman is cowering behind him as he trails his way through the jungle. So it was a pre fame Burt Reynolds exploitation yeah. vehicle called Skulldugger. But that's not what we're reviewing no. here. We're reviewing the nineteen eighty three version. We're talking about or we're talking about it. We're no no promises. No Mark, promises. Mark your name? <laughs> Kruitchik. Stars David Calderisi and Wendy Crewson. Why is Mark's Dare Skullduggery, the 1983 version? I remember watching this film on beta as a kid, bragger. I was interested because it involved a D&D type game and it was supposed to be horror. It is from that genre of D&D will take you to hell movies. I need to share this pain with someone. The IMDb synopsis. Simply, Adam is a man who happens to come from a long line of men cursed. He succumbs to the curse and basically goes on a killing <laughs> spree. Who wrote that? <laughs> Oh, boy. So that is Skullduggery. Thank you, Mark. 1983 version. For the dare. That's the 1983 I version. I got to say, this does sound interesting. I have affinity for those uh, those old D&D takes you to hell movies. <laughs> you, you love it. <laughs> I had a mom who thought that way. So <laughs> Back into the dares. Back into the dares. Our next dare comes to Just us from jumping back in. Michael Bagemery. His dare is Battlefield Earth. There's no way he's pronounced that right. <laughs> no. <laughs> This dare, which everybody's heard of, this is one of those legendary bad movies. Legendary, great movie. It's from 2000, based on L. Ron Hubbard novel, starring famed Scientologist John Travolta, along with Barry Pepper, Forrest Whitaker, and of course, Kelly Preston. Why did Michael Darris Battlefield Earth? He says, Battlefield Earth has been a bumper crop for nearly every bad movie fan out there. Can you find some more unscathed parts of its body's flesh? Can you torture it even more uniquely? The IMDb synopsis goes as this. It's the year 3000 AD. The Earth is lost to the alien race of Cyclos. Humanity is enslaved by those gold-thirsty tyrants whom are unaware that their man-animals are about to ignite the rebellion of a lifetime. Whom are unaware? Yes. <laughs> so poorly written. I, I stumble on IMDb synopsis all the time, but I think it's not my fault. No. They are written like shit. A lot of these are clearly written by users and not using the official tagline of the movie or anything like that. So he points at one thing in in his um, dare. This is a bumper crop for nearly every bad movie fan. Oh yeah, true. And bad movie podcasts have covered this thing sure. repeatedly. It remind and he says, "Can you find some more unscathed parts of it?" It reminded me of Ultraviolet that we just recently did. Right? Okay. We talked about it and we went through in minute detail. Oh, talked about how horrible it was. Right? Yes. I've watched all the Ultraviolet reviews on like YouTube and stuff. They all, every one of them has other parts that, like, we didn't even cover. Of course. It's so right. bad. It's like, holy shit, yes. It's just nonstop. It's that every fucking, I just want to talk about Ultraviolet some more. Every damn scene in that movie is <laughs> awful. It's so unwatchable. Yeah. So have you, you seen Battlefield? I have not seen You've I've, never seen it. I've never brought myself to watch I've it. I've seen it many times. Really? It's one of those? It's fucking fantastic. <laughs> but I also emanated from a volcano. Yes. So... You're clear. I right? might be biased. You're clear right now. <laughs> no, I think this movie is absolutely fantastic. It is hilarious. It is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Do you seen. think it's, it, it's, it's intentional? Oh, I think part of it's intentional, but the the effect and the intentions st are still way skewed off. But it's an absolutely amazing uh, film. Yeah. 100%. It's I would love to cover it. I would love to cover it and just go super, super in deep, granular and hit every single possible thing on there. Because I know I've never listened to any of these other podcasts. Yeah, that's the thing. Dan doesn't listen to them. I do. Yeah. I don't listen to you people. <laughs> but he's watched this movie. I haven't. So this would be a good one to cover. Absolutely. Boom. Deeps. Angels and Demons. Next Dare comes to us. We got another one from my good buddy, David Paul. He's he's stacking the deck. He's trying to get his dare out there. He's throwing out a lot of options. What do you got this time? Deeps. 
David Paul has Angels and Demons. Angels and Demons. Do you know it? There's a theme today. I don't know if you've noticed. Every one of these is about a religion yeah, getting dragged Everyone to hell. Who heard God's Not Dead is like more, more I mean, about Battlefield Earth. That's Battlefield another religious. Earth is, yeah, the absolutely. D&D to hell one. Porky's too. the next right? day. <laughs> I know I praise it, the thing of Kim Cattrall every day. What? Angels and Demons is the 2009 sequel to The Da Vinci Code. Same star, director, screenwriter, source author. Of course, that's director Ron Howard. Star, Tommy Boy Hanks. Source author, Dan Brown. Is that his name? And then Akiva, whatever, is the screenwriter. This one also has Ewan McGregor. It was followed in 2016 by Inferno, a film I completely forgot existed, and I was a working film critic in 2016. There's a trilogy to this (laughs) shit? There's a trilogy. So why does David Paul want us to watch Angels and Demons? He says, guys. Hey. Did you know everything is all clear once you see that everything is an interconnected web of secret nefarious organizations plotting to control our very reality? As a former info warrior, I can tell you this sort of conspiracy-laden view of the world can be fun to get into, at least until you start telling your friends there's eight families running the world in casual conversation. Well, this film, based on notorious information abuser Dan Brown's book, quote-unquote, is most definitely not fun to get into. It's the absolute pits. In the opening scene, our female lead finds her colleague, who is inside a room only accessible by retinal scan, murdered by the bad guy to get his eye to get into the room he was in that was only accessible by retinal scan. Luckily for you guys, the film keeps up this level of logic throughout. This movie manages to take two things I still unabashedly enjoy, conspiracy theories and church history, and make them endlessly dull. Despite how unwatchable it is, I've watched it at least four (laughs) times. That is my boy, David Ball. (laughs) IMDb's synopsis of Angels and Demons says, Harvard symbologist Robert Langdon Man, he gives Harvard symbologists a bad name, let's be honest. <laughs> All the other symbologists at Harvard are like, come on, Bobby. Robert Langdon works with a nuclear physicist to solve a murder and prevent a terrorist act against the Vatican during one of these significant events within the church. That is Angels and Demons. Have you seen it? Quirky. I've not watched any of these. You've never you didn't even watch the Da Vinci Code? No. That was a very popular film. It was. I was not a working film critic at the time. Well. I saw no need to spend time with it. Neither was I. The only one I skipped was Inferno. I did. I've seen Da Vinci Code. I thought it was horrible. This one is really just as bad. I thought it was more fun just because it's completely Mm. bonkers off the rails, whereas uh, the Da Vinci Code almost tries to serve as some kind of a educational seminar on church history or something like this. This one is just completely fucking bonkers. That's how I felt about the Fifty Shades of Grey sequels. Like, the more they leaned into the heart-to-heart TV episode shit. fucking go for it. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, it is undoubtedly, undoubtedly a bad movie. And now... The next entrant into the inaugural 2019 Dare Daniel inaugural Hall of Shame inaugural. Inaugural. The dares, they keep a coming from this dare. The mentions of us on social media, they keep a coming. The retweets, the clicks, the pushing of our non-existent Patreon. Thank you for that. We've mentioned him before in this podcast. We've mentioned their podcast our next inductee is Gav from the Films on Trial podcast. Give it up for Gav, Gav everybody. What's up, Gav? What's up, Gav? Gav? Just played with... Uh, Gav? Gav? I think Gav is on... Did we lose Gav? He even brought bits to the show, Dan. <laughs> well, he is the bit. Yes, that's right. It is we the bit. Just the bits. Uh, he gave us Heart Condition. He gave us Leprechaun in the Hood and several other that we've read but we haven't done yet. He never misses a moment to compliment us. And if you listen to Gav's dare, Gav gets the dares right. Right. He mentions how much he likes the podcast that he already listens to by name. Love it. He mentions how much he's going to enjoy listening to the one we do. Mm. And then he like plugs, not his, his own show, but he plugs our show. Sure. I don't know. I've, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> but that's just how good Gav is. It throws me off my game. That's solid, solid work by Gav. Yeah. So Gav... We don't have a UK equivalent to this. I don't know the how the plaque to mm. pound system works. <laughs> so you're just going to have to figure that one out on yourself. This all, it, Brexit, that still needs to be resolved yeah. before we can do anything we regarding a plaque. There's an embargo right now on podcast award plaques. We only deal with the European Union. Mm-hmm. Straight up. I'm sorry to bring that into this. <laughs> Politics should not enter the Hall of Shame. And yet... It's all politics, man. It's all politics, as Matthew Doherty has learned. (laughs) 
So one more time for Gav on Films on Trial, everybody. Go, Listen Gav. to their podcast. Fantastic, fantastic show. Way to go, Gav. So let's get back into the dares. Quirky, you have a dare yeah. from what I think is a good candidate for the Hall of Fame next year. Sure. And this is one step below God, if I'm going to be honest. That's correct. Yeah. And if, some days, even neck and neck. Might even. Uh, Vladimir Putin, everybody. Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin gave us the dare hard to kill. Hard to kill. From 1990, this film stars Steven Seagal and Kelly LeBrock, who were married at the time, and directed by noted director Bruce Malmuth. Malmuth. Why is Vlad taking the time to respond to our podcast, Call for Dares? I'm daring Daniel and Corky to watch this gem of a Steven Seagal movie. He is a robust man of action. Is that about me or Daniel? His movie is everything a movie should be. How is he not winner of Academy Award? Oh, it's written in an accent. It's written in chopped, broken English. How is he not winner of Academy Award? Ask yourself if your favorite movie is of this. Ponytail? Witty one-liners at Steven Seagal makes enemies dead? Steven Seagal's expert moves of martial arts? Gritty realness of how American police are corrupt? In Hard to Kill, great actor and friend Steven Seagal plays Mason Storm, a cop set up to take fall for wife's murder by corrupt cops and crooked senator. He suffers great injuries, is in coma for several years, grows a really manly beard, uses mystical healing techniques to build up his atrophied muscles, then gets vengeance on those that defy his manliness. He breaks arms and necks on his way to getting the guy behind it all, dirty American Senator Vernon Trent. I dare you not to fall in love with movie. And that was Russian strongman Vladimir Putin. Thank you. Thank you, Vladimir. Now, why? Why? Uh, no, he, he told us why. IMDb synopsis of Hard to Kill. It says, left for dead with his wife killed in their house, LA detective Mason Storm. What a name. I know. They had names I back know. then. We'll have to make a quick recovery, expose those behind the murder, and take revenge. Have you ever seen Hard to Kill? Uh, no. No, I haven't. Never seen Hard Is to that, Kill. I, I confuse that one in Above the Law. There's two that like are kind of decent. Of, of, this one is yeah, after. Yeah, so this is the Kelly LeBrock one. This isn't the only way that I can no, <laughs> identify I, them. I have not seen this one. I never saw one where they were together. Yeah, uh, I have seen this movie. It's a you know it's a yeah. solid, trashy '80s kind of action movie. Uh, I think it was. I think this is one of the Andrew Davis movies. The guy who ended up doing the Fugitive. Okay. Made a bunch of kind of smaller budget action movies in the late '80s and when you early say '90s. Made he produced or what? Directed. This is Bruce Malmuth. Oh, this is Bruce Malmuth. Oh, this is Malmuth. Maybe Above the Law was Malmuth. Was yeah, that, Above, above the Law I like. That's yeah. a good trashy v- flick. Yeah, I'm fucking those two up. Malmuth, Malmuth is garbage, but <laughs> he gets the job done. Gotcha. Just like Steven Seagal and Vladimir Putin. We might have to watch this. Vlad, uh, you came with it on Vlad the Vlad makes a good case. Yes. Vlad makes a good case. It has Kelly LeBron, so I'll watch that. And finally, a dare written less comprehensibly than the IMDb synopsis. <laughs> So one last dare. We got one last dare. This one. You've came, stuck with us this long. Ride this one out. Just one more. Right. Can you just hang in? Came straight out of the dub hole. Came straight out of the W hole. Ooh, this yeah. is uh, Professor Tarl Cabot. <laughs> Professor Tarl Cabot. What do you got Tar- for us, Prof Tar? Prof Tar has the 1987 film Gore. G-O-R. Gore. It is directed by Fritz Kirsch. He also directed Under the Boardwalk. Which was actually dared to us in mini episode 11.5. It's a Matthew Doherty dare. Is that a Doherty dare? Yeah, it's a Doherty dare. That's a Doherty? It's a Doherty. This film, Gore, stars Urbano Barberini. Sure. Rebecca Ferrati. Uh Jack Palance and Oliver Reed at the height of their powers. We've talked about Oliver Reed before. We have talked about Oliver Reed. Have we talked about Jack Palance? No. We haven't. <laughs> well, let's not do it now. Not enough. Not the, <laughs> this is not the time or place. Why, Professor Tar, Prof Tar, a.k.a., did you want us to watch Gore? He says, hey, dudes. Hey, dude. Long story short, this movie is the stillborn child of the Barsoom Jesus. series. Wait. That's the stillborn child of the Barsoom series and Conan the Barbarian. Got it. It's got everything you could ever want from sword and sorcerer movies made in the 80s, wooden acting from the lead, tons of Aquanet, giant fake swords, Lame fight scenes, cheesy costumes, clunky character names, and you guessed it, the canon logo. Mm. I am daring you to watch this movie because I used the homestone, it's a thing in the movie, to send me back to Earth, only I screwed up and got stuck in this dare instead. Deep references to gore here on the show. IMDb synopsis says, American professor Tarl Cabot, what? <laughs> that's like Mason, the, that's the, a name like Mason Storm. That's how you know it's a dub holder. 
is transported via a magical ring to planet Gore, where he must help an oppressed country overthrow its evil king and his barbarian henchmen. Sure. Obviously a metaphor for what was going on in the Eastern Bloc at the time. Very much so. <laughs> I mean... Very much so. As I feel like Lequilessa... I mean, if you know the whole history, you, you, get, this, right? you get it right away. <laughs> I wonder if Tarl has tenure. Because uh, getting transported to another planet named Gore where you got to fight barbarians. Yeah. That might affect your next year. I, yeah, uh, I don't getting, know how all that getting transfers <laughs> there. I don't know if they're in the same system. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, do you just have to start all over again? Does he have to get new resources? Like, does he oh. have to go on Gore? Does he have to go to one of those teacher supply stores? He's got to get the Homestone. What the fuck was it? Homestone? Is this Avengers? Fucking stones and shit. Homestone. It's Homestone. a thing in the movie. Yeah. And you don't have to explain when you're making deep references. We know from deep references. Yeah. Come on. Think we don't know Gore? <laughs> we know Gore, Professor Tarl. Tarl Cabot. All right. Corky, you have one last name for the Hall of Fame. We're going to close it out with a Hall of Fame inductee. Did you save the best for last? Yes, I did. You did? Ouch to everyone who came before. Your victory is now tarnished. In all seriousness, Dan, I'd like to take a moment. Take it down a notch. To announce our final inductee to the inaugural 2019 inaugural dare inaugural daniel inaugural podcast yeah hall of shame it's vlad putin <laughs> this final inductee has won the crow t robot lifetime achievement award in bad movie podcast fandom mm. this inductee was with us from the very beginning <laughs> he was of those listens <laughs> He's been a source of feedback, interaction, engagement. Gave us fantastic dares, which I believe we've yet to use, but we've got them locked up. Oh, sure. Lock them up like the homestone. And if I can get serious, very serious. No. He basically paid for one whole month of us doing this show. Ah. In a, in a wonderful paper. No bullshit. That is a wonderful gift to give. It's beautiful. Really. Hey, when you don't have to and you're saying, here, I'll give to you because I like your content. That's, that's, it's not what we do it for, but that's amazing. It helps so much. What I'm doing it for. So. <laughs> that's what Dan's doing thank it for. Thank you. This is a sincere thank you and enshrinement and award and memorable in honor of super listener Dave. Dave. Dave Reed. Dave Reed. Yeah. Redbox Dave. Redbox Dave, man, from the very beginnings in the mini-ups. <laughs> Go back and listen to mini-ups if you want to hear us in the trials of Dave. Sometimes, Redbox Dave. Come so, on. Yeah, Everyone. Redbox Dave. Give it up. Also known as Tom Morvolo. Tom Morvolo. Uh, he who's not named. <laughs> shall not be named. Just a, but super engager. Gets with us on uh, social media, d- drops and dares. Thank you very much, Dave. Thank you, everybody. What are some of the what are some of Dave's dares? Saturday three. Congratulations, Dave. Yeah, and uh, really looking forward to what you bring us in 2019, 2020, and 2021 until God raptures us all. Yeah, that's 2021, right? 2021, yeah. I mean, some point. If we checks with Putin, it's 2021. (laughs) So one more time for uh, Redbox Dave, everybody. Redbox Dave. Redbox Dave. And there you have it. There you have it. And for more discussion on Redbox, uh, Assassins, I believe, was episode 37, Julianne Moore. Yes. Yeah. Redbox. That's, wow. (laughs) Wow. I did not. I I got into that before I saw what you were doing. You lead right in. Gee, many Christmas. Come on. I've seen shortcuts. There's a Redbox. Yeah. There's a... There's a five-minute scene of a red box. <laughs> I, I will say that that dare was a, my favorite wormhole dare, uh, uh, W-hole dare of all time, was the uh, from the Assassin's Guild of Assassinating. <laughs> Before this Vlad Putin dare, that's President my favorite of the w the Assassin's Guild of Assassinations. Yeah. yeah. That was a good dare. Wait, that is the dare. Vlad Putin dare considered uh, a wormhole dare? He's not in Hard to Kill, unless he's got a cameo. Or no, a- but- Vladimir Putin can wormhole around. That's true. He has wormhole powers. That's true. It's it's been shown. They've stolen some NSA tools, the wormhole tools, and and Putin can just wormhole anywhere he wants. Yeah. I also saw on social media where he was riding a horse with Donald Trump on, behind him. <laughs> sure, <laughs> <So>. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real picture. <laughs> That's a real picture, and I believe That's it. Real, with the thought bubbles coming out of their heads and everything. <laughs> I also saw a picture of Elizabeth Wharton with a native headdress on and her eyes crossed. And I, 
<laughs> I can't believe she posed for that picture. That is career That's crazy. Right Why did she do Why? that? Why? Who are you trying to please? <laughs> <laughs> she will not be inducted into the Hall of Fame next no year. No Hall of Fame for you, Elizabeth Warren. But so there it is, everybody. That's Th- it. This is our listener-focused dare and Hall of Fame. That's ceremony. the end of the show. But let come back in two weeks for our full-on review of Cool as Ice. Cool as Ice. Yep. Drop the zero. Yep. Get with the hero. Yep. Yep. Do it. Yep. Yep. So get ready for a lot of that. Yeah, a lot of yup, yup. Yup, yup. So for the Dear Daniel podcast, I am Daniel Barnes. You can read my movie reviews at daredaniel.com. My co-host is Quirky McDonald. Quirky, where can people check you out? You can find me at the Sacramento Comedy Spot. You can find me at Suspects Dinner Theater. If you want to come on down to Old Sacramento and get entertained for a night, uh, you can find me just doing my thing all about Sacramento. Wormhole in it. Just doing your own unique brand of one man band street music. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Corky Spoonman McDonald is what we call him here in in Sacramento. So, (laughs) you got something? No, I was just going to say for Daniel, for me, for Johnny Flores of Flores Podcasting. You know the real Hall of Famer here? Who's that? It's Johnny Flores. Johnny fucking Flores, right? Way to just ignore Johnny Flores in your Hall of Fame. What I about put, what, my Hall of Fame? I'm going to open gate? a competing Hall of Fame and guess who my number one inductee <laughs> is. It's Johnny. Uh, don't get surprised. Johnny, who, who allowed us into his house. If and that Hall of Fame is torched in the middle of the night. And his studio has all the equipment, has all the mics and everything. So, Johnny, the show could not happen without you. You're the man. You're the real Hall of Famer. Redbox Johnny, everybody. Redbox Johnny. But the real Hall of Famer are the Hall of Famers that you just famed. Right. So think about that. Inaugurally. And every year. Also, shout out to Lead Dog Brewing's peanut butter stout that we didn't mention at all during the well, show. Well, I'm the only one drinking it. But yeah, Lead Dog Brewing out of Reno, their peanut butter stout. It's creamy. It's peanut buttery. It's delicious. It's a 6.6% stout. Check them out. Next time, we won't put that at the back end of the show, guys. <laughs>